Welcome to the CityGate Church podcast. Today's message was recorded at our live Sunday services, and we hope that it encourages you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. So many good things going on. Today we want to start a four-week series. It's part of our discipleship year. And it was sort of launched the other week with Pastor Andy Elms. Uh, If you weren't here for Pastor Andy Elms, I'm gonna really encourage you to go online and watch the message from two Sundays ago. Uh, Very, very, very important word for for Citygate Church, who we are and and to be honest, our future. Um, And I don't say that lightly. Um, God did something here in the place, in the grace of the church, in the spirit of the church here. And I'm thrilled in a couple of weeks' time, we, we have an interview with Pastor Andy for the leaders. So please, you do not want to miss Wednesday evening, I think it's the 15th, 16th, I think, of November. Um, here, very, very important evening uh, for the CityGate team, really. So today we're going to just in the last few minutes of today, I just want to really pick up where he left off because I want to start a month on sharing your faith. Sharing your faith. So what is discipleship? Discipleship, number one, is our personal devotion. What else is it? It is our connection. It is our generosity. It is our accountability. And it is sharing your faith. Sharing your faith. Um, You know, some Christians act like they're in the secret service. (laughs) Secret service. Sneak in, sneak out. You never know they're there. You don't ever know who they are or what they believe or what they do or, you know, it's all very secret. It's all very personal. Well, I'm so glad that salvation isn't a secret. Um never intended to be a secret. I'm hearing more and more people coming to Citygate Church and they say this to me. And I've heard this so many times and I find it very embarrassing. And it's something I apologise for and it's something like, I think, how did this ever happen? They say, we've lived here for 20 years. We never knew Citygate was here. And I feel like saying, you know, guys, and it's nothing to be proud of, we're the best kept secret in South East London. Best kept secret. But Jesus said, lamp on a lampstand, city on a hill. Not best kept secret. So there's a turnaround taking place. Amen? There's a turnaround taking place. And that is, we are people who are disciples of Jesus Christ and our calling is to make disciples and a major part of us making disciples has got to be sharing our faith. Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 to 45. Again, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid again. And for the joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking 
priceless, amazing, beautiful, wonderful pearls. Who when he had found the one pearl, one, the one thing in life worth living for, the one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had and he bought the pearl. Today I wanna speak on the single greatest gift. See, for those of us who know Jesus Christ personally, whether it's for five minutes, five years, 50 years, and we know Him as the pearl of great price, and we know the kingdom of God as the treasure hidden in the field, we know this. We know this. We could say this, we've sold everything for our relationship with Jesus. Now that may sound very strange to somebody who doesn't know Jesus. To have a relationship with God, you've got to give up a lot of stuff. No, that's not what we're saying. We're not saying you give up this, give up that, give up this, give up that. The life becomes just one big sacrifice. No, what the Bible actually says is you give your whole life to receive His life. What an exchange. That's like giving away an old larder and getting an Aston Martin. What's the problem with that? You wanna hang on to your old larder. Now, I remember larders when you made jokes about them. Are they still made? I don't know. I don't wanna be offensive to anybody here. But I remember back in the 80s, when they first came over, they were like sort of, there was a few, it was like, oh, you got a larder, but it's like the best we could do. It's like you give away a shed and you get a mansion in return. Jesus Himself said, you give away your low life and you'll get the high life. You see, but if you don't know what you're gonna get in return, you see it as a sacrifice because it's all you've got. If you don't know you're gonna get a mansion, then your shed means everything to you and your fight to keep it. But for those of us who live in a mansion, we're going, mate, just give it up. Just give it up. Yeah, but it's my shed. But you can have a mansion. See, Christianity is not a religion where God puts you in a shed. He takes you out the shed and puts you in the mansion. He didn't take you out your mansion and put you in your shed. It's the other way round. God is a rewarder of those who, did, who, who seek Him. <laughs> seek Him a lot. Now, I know I'm speaking to Citygate Church here and I know we've got people online and we've got guests in the house, but I'm just gonna say this. We have a deep desire for God to use us. We have, we have a deep desire for God to use us, to work through us, to show Himself strong on our behalf. We have a deep desire for God to be glorified in our lives. It's what we live for. We're living in a mansion. We're grateful for it. Yeah. 
We're driving an Aston Martin. We're grateful for it. You get my analogy here. If you got one, great. God has a plan to show Himself strong through us to others in our environment. Now we heard this the other week about we're sent into our world. So I'm not gonna repeat what Pastor Andy preached the other week, but again, please listen to it. Even if you have listened to it, listen to it again. I've heard it three times since then. The single greatest gift a Christian can give is an introduction to the God who created them. The God who loves them and the God who has a purpose for their lives. Nothing else comes close. And God will use people to give the greatest gift to other people. You see, we want Him so often to do it by Himself. God, you give the gift. No, God's provided the gift. We give the gift. Are you with me? We give the gift. See, God has planned to use each of us to help others find that treasure that's in the field to find the pearl of great price for their lives. It's really what evangelism is all about. You see, that's that word, evangelism. We've called it sharing your faith. Because when you say evangelism, we go bang, straight into our, our preconceptions that evangelism is a crusade or evangelism is, is preaching on the streets. Evangelism is is a TV program. So we wanna undo certain things in this next month and we wanna create other sorts of mindsets. Evangelism is a good word. I've got no problem with the word. What I've got a problem with so often is the preconceptions that it creates. So many people when they come to Citygate, they ask me this, do you do evangelism? And it's like, well, what sort of question is that? What sort of question does that mean? Is, does that mean to say, do we put on a show and invite people to come to Christ? Does that mean to say we hire a tent and we go into a community somewhere? What do you mean by evangelism? Well, you know, we want to undo that really. Said this for years and I think it's gonna come across really clearly in the next few months. We are living in a day where individual lives need to speak in our personal world. That's what evangelism is all about. It's constantly keeping our eye out for ways to give this single greatest gift to someone who is living far away from God. Doesn't know Jesus Christ. Acts chapter one, verse eight. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll make Jesus known. Acts 2 verse 4, 120 people were empowered with the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, 40, 3, 
5,000 men added to the church that day. Acts 4 verse 4, that grew to 5,000 men besides women and children. Acts 5 14, people, men and women were increasingly added to the church. Acts 6 1, the church was multiplied. Acts 6 verse 7, the church was multiplied greatly. Acts 9 verse 31, churches were multiplied. Acts chapter 10, the Gentiles received Jesus Christ. And the world was turned upside down. See, Acts, the, after Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, we have the book of Acts, which is the story of the start and the growth of the church, which we are a part of. The book of Acts is all about people coming to Christ because someone shared their faith when they had an opportunity. Someone shared their faith. So just very easily and concisely today to lay a bit of a foundation for where we're going today. My first point is we are called. We're called. We gotta get that one firmly and securely settled in our lives. We got the calling of God upon our lives. You got the calling of God upon your life. What is that calling? Well, the first part of that calling is to come to Jesus. He called them to Himself. But so often that's where people wanna stay. They just wanna stay at the feet of Jesus. Loving Jesus. And He said, no, if you love me, you'll do what you're called to do. So He says, you're called to come to me, but then we're called to go for Him. It's the calling we have. And I know when you first come to Christ, oh man, I remember that so clearly. You, you first come to Christ, you're overwhelmed with Jesus. It's all about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But when you grow up, it's not all about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's all about the Kingdom that Jesus rules over. Seek first the kingdom and His righteousness relationship. The kingdom of God, everywhere you go, preach the kingdom has come upon you. The kingdom, you see, God came to set up a kingdom. And a part of our maturity as Christians is understanding we've got to grow up. We've got to grow up from just being in love with Jesus you see, that even sounds terrible to some people. But Jesus said, you know what? A lot of people can come and say, Lord, Lord. He said, if you love me, do something. Take some responsibility. That God didn't just say from heaven, I love this world. I love the people. I love it. I love it. I love it. And Jesus just went, Oh, Father, don't you just love these people? And Father went, Yeah, don't I just love. Holy Ghost, come on. Don't we just love these people? But he didn't just have a conversation about it and say, We're in love with them. His love was an action. His love did something. It wasn't a feeling, it wasn't an emotion. 
It wasn't just a, a state of being that we love and that, oh God, we just love you, we love you, we love you, we love you, we love you. And he goes, yeah, 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 thank you very much for that. Now will you go? Stop hanging around me and go for me. I see it sounds a little bit weird, but I'm making a point this morning. We are called, we're called to come to Jesus, but then we're called to go for Jesus. I, I get asked this all the time and I'm sure you've probably even asked the question, what is my calling? <laughs> what am I called to do? What am I called to be? What am I called? Well, of course, there's a, a truth to the fact that uh, you can say your calling is a school teacher. Your calling is a, a lawyer. Your calling is an accountant. Your calling is a business person. Your calling is a fireman. Your calling is a whatever. That's my calling. I found my calling in life, my vocation. This is my calling. And I'd sort of say yes to that, sort of. But what I'd prefer to say is you are called to share your faith. And if you're a teacher, this is your calling to share your faith in an education environment to shine in an education environment. That's our calling. The calling is not the teacher, the calling is to shine. And you do it where you got some gifting. Is that okay? You see, we are called to be Christ-like and we are called to display Christ. That is the calling upon our lives in the environment that we find ourselves in. So that means it doesn't matter if I feel like I'm in the right place or not, I can still shine because my calling is my shining. Okay. Number two, we are commissioned. And I'm just saying this straight as straight can be today. We are called and we are commissioned. What are we commissioned to do? Well, obviously, to make disciples. And only disciples can make disciples because it has to do with sharing life. It's not just a teaching session. It's not a book we read. It's a life that we exchange. To make disciples means I'm getting alongside somebody. It means I'm praying with them. It means I'm standing with them. It means I'm helping them understand. It means I'm teaching them something. It means I'm, I'm going through the Word of God with them. It means I'm helping them to go from being um, away from Christ to come to Christ. And then I'm helping them to go on step by step from immaturity to maturity. That involves life. That's not a Sunday thing. That's a life exchange. We are commissioned to make disciples. Now, um, about five years, 10 years ago, I don't know when it was, the church here did a, a series. We did a course by um, Hybels, Pastor Hybels on Just Walk Across the Room. And some of the things I'm gonna be taking in these next four weeks come out from that series and other things don't. We're not just gonna do the Just Walk Across the Room series, even though I would encourage everybody to read the book and everybody to go through it and it will be great for your small groups to go through it, whatever. That's fantastic. But there are some things that really impacted me from the series we did all those years ago. And he talked about the circle of comfort. He talked about the fact that we all live in this circle of comfort 
where it's safe and we're familiar in that circle of comfort and it's not scary in that circle of comfort and it's, there's not a lot of risks that take place in that circle of comfort. But you know what? When you get around the Lord Jesus and when you get anointed with the Holy Spirit, you can't stay in that circle of comfort anymore. You're called out from the circle of comfort. See, either you can live in it or you can leave it. Doesn't mean to say that we're always outside that circle of comfort. No, I mean, it's fine to to have a certain amount of your life in there, but it's never supposed to be something that contains your life so nobody else ever hears about Jesus Christ. Nobody ever, ever gets healed because you've prayed for them. Nobody ever comes to Christ or, or attends a church or is impacted by the Holy Spirit because no, we're in our circle of comfort. We're in, this, we're in this place of security, familiarity and safety. Something happens when the Holy Spirit touches your life that says, you know what? I'm no longer living for myself. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who now lives in me. And that, and that person of Jesus Christ went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit were with Him. He stepped out when He was 30 years old, baptised with the Holy Spirit. He stepped out that circle of comfort and He stood up and He said, today this Scripture is fulfilled. He then went out and He cast out a demon and He went out and He loved people that He should have avoided and He went and talked to people that were anathema really. They were, shouldn't have touched them and, and He gave His life and He communicated to the tax collectors and the sinners that all the holy people would have avoided. You see, he stepped outside of that circle of comfort into what Bill Hybels calls, and I just love these expressions, out into the zone of the unknown. Out into the place where miracles happen. Out into the place where God's active. He's not really overly active in this circle of comfort. We're saved here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've got the peace of God here. We've got the joy of the Holy Ghost as our strength. We've got some faith that moved mountains, but that's okay because there's no mountains in there. We got the stone of the five stones and the sling here, and we know we've got that, but hey, there's no Goliaths in there. See, all the fun stuff happens when you step outside. All the fun stuff, all the adventure of the Christian life. People live a boring Christian life. Really, can I say this? Because they live a selfish life. Fun starts happening when you give your life for other people. Oh, I'm just bored as a Christian. Well, go and do something for somebody. Go step out the comfort, the circle of comfort and into the zone of the unknown being prepared to step out of the comfortable, step out of the familiar, step out of the safe place and go on an adventure with God. These are the water walkers. (laughs) These are the generational influence. These are the kingdom enlargers. These are the Goliath slayers. Point number three. So we are called, we are commissioned, we are equipped. What are we equipped with? Well, of course, I, I feel like I'm teaching grandmother to suck eggs in Citygate Church here. 
We're equipped with the Word of God. We've got this thing. The Bible, we've got the Word of God, which is sharper than any two-edged sword. We can declare it and it'll come to pass. We're a Word church, guys. That's who we are. If it's in there, we do it. If it's not in there, we don't. Quite simple. I'm not gonna try and rewrite this, explain it away, try and make it modern. No, it's the eternal living Word of God that is anointed by the Holy Spirit. It upholds all things. Jesus is the Word made flesh. This book, it works. It's the Word of God. We can prophesy it, we can declare it, we can believe it, we can pray it. But you know what's just as important as all of that? To be a doer of the Word, someone who does it. Not just believes it, but someone who does it. So we are equipped with the Word of God. This is a little bit different, but it's obviously along the same lines. We are equipped with the Gospel. I love the Gospel. What do you mean by Gospel? Well, it's just a word that means good news. We're equipped with good news. The church is the place of the best news on, on the planet. There is so much bad news, but we are the source of good news. And if our Christian life is not displaying good news, don't think you telling somebody good news is gonna uh, help. Because our life is to display good news. There's no point our life pervading bad news, and I'm not saying that we're going through hardship and whatever else, but you know what you eke out, what you squeeze out, what you flood out, what, what leaks out of your life. You hang around some people, you just wanna get away because they're so fed up, miserable. Now, we love them and we wanna get people out of that hole. But the Gospel is good news. It's good news. With all the bad news going on, we're people of good news. I love hanging around people that tell me it's gonna work. Not people who tell me it's gonna break or it ain't gonna work. No, we're doers in the church. We're believers in Citygate Church. We're faith people in Citygate Church. So this is good news coming out of our lives. Now, I know you can go to a lot of churches and you just hear bad news, but you come to Citygate, you're gonna hear Good news because we are equipped with the gospel and the gospel means good news. Oral, uh, somebody, I shouldn't name name names. He got in a lot of trouble back in the 50s because he started his TV program saying something good's gonna happen to you today. And all the religious lot went mad. How dare you say that? We're tribulating. Something good is gonna happen to you today. We're equipped with the good news, guys. What else are we equipped with? We're equipped with faith. Faith, we're equipped with prayer. What do we pray for? Opportunities. We've got a prayer meeting tonight. I can't wait. I am so stirred up about this. Let's pack this place out and pray and see some stuff change. What do we pray for? Opportunities. We pray for confidence, for boldness, for divine connections, for favour. Praying for stuff and prayer works. What else are we equipped with? We're equipped with God's love. We're equipped with compassion. Let's stir it up. 
He had compassion and healed. He had compassion and said. He had compassion and gave. You find all that through the Gospels. We're equipped with the light of God to shine. You, know, you see, because often we come away from what the Bible actually says, we start to pray prayers like this. Oh Lord, will you pour your love out on that person? No, you go and love them. Step out the comfort zone and love them. Don't pray that God loves them, He already does. But His love now is your voice, your hands, your finances, your praying. And then we pray prayers like this. Oh, Jesus, will you shine in this dark world? And he's going, guys, will you not get it? I've left. I've gone. I'm not here anymore. I'm at the right hand of the Father. I'm shining up there. But now you are the light of the world. You shine in the darkness. You are light. So walk as children in the light. And we love to shine in our little circle. But hey, we, that's not where we need to shine because it's dark out there. Step out and shine. Step out and love. Praying for Him to shine. He's already shone. We're now shining with His light. What else? We have His love. Oh God, will you go? No, come on, you got the life of God. That life is the healing. That life is the deliverance that other people need. Oh, I've got so much to say and so little time to say it. Number four, we are empowered. I'll do a, probably a whole session on this. We are empowered with the person, power, gifts and the wisdom of the Holy Ghost. You see, that's where we find Him is out there. This is where we know His presence. This is where we know His power. His ability. His anointing. See, we want Him to, oh God, your anointing destroys yokes and removes burdens. Yeah, on other people. On other people. It's not about Him doing that for us. It's about us going out and destroying yokes and removing burdens out there in the zone of the unknown. Where God wants to show Himself Strong, the anointing comes with the sending, not with the staying. Are you with me today? Yes. Okay. What will it take for us to give the single greatest gift to someone we know? What's it going to take? Because the day we do, hell screams and heaven rejoices. <laughs> the day we stop taking risks, the kingdom shuts down. Because the kingdom forcefully advances when the church goes. Are we clinging to our little circle experience? Or are we saying, Lord God, will you do something with me? Do something with me. For me to step out into the zone of the unknown. As we close, Matthew 5. I've done my introduction. That's all you're going to get today. Matthew 5, 13 to 16. Let me tell you why you are here. You are here to be the salts, the seasoning that brings out the God flavours of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste his godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. I love this translation of this. I don't often read the message, but this is brilliant. Here's another way to put it. You are here to be light. 
bringing out the God colours in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We go in public with this. As public as a city on a hill. If I make you the light uh, shiners, the ones who bear the light of God, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to, be, to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Salt needs to be salty, but in order to have any effect, it needs to contact somebody else. It's great being salt in the circle, nothing in there to preserve, nothing in there to impact. Salt in the world, light in the world. As we walk with Jesus Christ, let's keep one eye open for people and one ear open for the Holy Spirit. We're gonna have some fun over this next month. We're gonna learn some stuff. We're gonna become good and skillful at certain things. This is great. Learn how to tell our story. We've all got a testimony. But because we've never actually put pen to paper or we've never actually put it down, if I was to say, what's your story? You'd probably right now go, oh, I'll think about it. Learn it. Learn it to tell it in two minutes because you're gonna need it. You're gonna need it. Your story is your most powerful thing. We're gonna learn some things this month. We're gonna grow in some areas. We're gonna grow closer to Jesus because He loves people who share their faith. I know He loves everybody, but He loves everyone who shares their faith. Not because of law and because we've done something, but because heaven's rejoicing when somebody comes to Christ. Matthew eleven twelve 12, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault and violent men seize it by force as a precious prize. A share in the heavenly kingdom is sought for with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. I absolutely firmly believe the days of trying to cajole and persuade and I don't know. Try to get people to come to Christ to coming to an end. People want answers. They want to see something real. Now what they're saying is real is what they feel. And it's not going to take long and it's going to crash down like a pack of cards. Because it'll be tried for five years, ten years, and then they'll realise, well, that didn't work, did it? And I think we're coming very quickly to that point. This doesn't work, does it? But we've got the gospel. We've got the Word of God. Can we stand to our feet this morning as we close? Hope you got something out of that today. We've had a amazing morning in His presence and in His glory and the single greatest gift, the pearl of great price, 
You found it. If you know Jesus Christ, you found that pearl. And if you don't think it's that precious, perhaps you need to go and dig it up again. Find it again, the treasure and find the pearl and sell all you have and buy the field. Because he's worth it. Father God, we thank you today for Lord being in your presence here in a very special way. Thank you, Lord, you've called us, you've commissioned us, you've equipped us, you've empowered us. What an amazing way to live our lives. Father, we thank you for great opportunity ahead. And today, Lord, we believe and we receive this. Father God, that you're doing something so powerful here to see the world turned upside down, to see people come to Christ, to see your power at work in and through your church. Holy Spirit, we just invite you again to to be everything to us. To be filled with your presence, to be anointed with your power, to be a light and a blaze with your fire. Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And just right now with every eye closed and every head bowed in this bit of a different service today, but that's, that's good. And if you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, and we just say it as it is, Jesus died for you. We don't have a gospel of just trying to make someone a better person. We have a gospel that says you need to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and give Him your life to be saved for eternity. That will result in amazing things going on in your life, in your physical body, in your finances, in your relationships, absolutely. But it's not about behaviour change. This is about life change. And if you are here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, or perhaps you're here today and you know, you know what, you don't really see Him as that treasure or that pearl anymore. And you need to come back to God just right now with every eye closed and every head bowed. We're going to ask you to do something really very bold. But hey, this, this is salvation we're talking about. This is coming to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. If you are here today and you want to say to me, Pastor Jay, I, I want to come back to God or I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. I don't understand it all, but I'm very aware He is real. And for God loved me and He sent His only begotten Son and Jesus died for me and Jesus I need to receive you today if that's you we're going to ask you to lift up your hand please in this auditorium right now wonderful come on if you need to receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour thank you Jesus come on you're here and you know you need to come back to God or need to receive Him as your Lord and Saviour for the first time Hold your hand up high so I can see you. God bless you. Wonderful. Father, we thank you, God, for today. We thank you for your power in this place to bring wholeness back into people's lives. Let's all pray this prayer together and say, Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. You've demonstrated your love by sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross to give me life. I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord my Saviour and my friend. I turn away from the way I've lived apart from You and by the help of Your grace and Your power, I'll never be the same again. I receive eternal life 
in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give God some praise, shall we?